I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, Mia Moran is my guest. We know each other through our podcast manager, uh, Michelle Abraham, uh, actually. So shout out, Michelle. And uh, very excited to have me on the show. And before uh, she comes on, I'm just going to give you a quick intro onto who she is and what she does and uh, dive right in. So Mia Moran is a mom of three. She's a coach. She's a best-selling author and podcaster at Plan Simple, who makes time for wellness and shows time-strapped women how they can too. She is creating a movement of moms who end overwhelm and embrace balance through small, doable changes. Hello, Mia. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me here today. Of course. I'm super excited that we're actually finally here together. We've known each other for quite a while now. I know. through Through our podcasting. And so... Uh, before we jump in, let's go with the icebreaker question, which is what is your favorite cookie or cookie memory? Ooh, interesting. Um, so my favorite cookie memory is definitely my grandmother's, which is a kind of cookie that I probably wouldn't eat today. So it's kind of a funny memory <laughs> um, because she just had the best chocolate chip cookies. I can't even explain what they were, but they were like like there's almost no cookie. They were like super crunchy. And then there would be like the chocolate chips. And she, I feel like she froze them. Anyway, when you went to her house, the thing you did was you went right to the freezer to find a chocolate chip cookie. Like that was just what you did when you came into town to visit her. So I think she definitely has my, my cookie memory. So why won't you you eat them now? Cause they probably had Crisco in them or something. Crazy. I don't know what they had in them, but I don't, I don't, I don't do gluten or dairy anymore. So I've actually figured out how to recreate her brownies, which were another important memory in a way that I can eat. Um, oh, fun. I'll give him credit. Well, that's um, always hard so, to find good recipes yeah. that are nostalgic to you, but make them healthy. Yes. A hundred percent. And taste good at the, like, yes. the same taste. Cause when you go gluten free and dairy free, I feel like, like, I can never find a really good gluten-free pizza. I've still yet to find one. So just have to keep trying. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I just saw a funniest quote the other day from somebody who said, if, if, if we can make cauliflower into pizza, like anything's possible. hundred percent. Just like they also said the chocolate one. It's like, if, uh, if salad is a plant, well, the chocolate grows on uh, cacao chocolates made from cocoa. Who grows on trees? So chocolate's a plant. Yeah, like, oh or gosh, chocolate's a salad, or something like that. <laughs> I'm totally botching it, uh, but it's just funny, funny how how it works. So tell us. So your mom of three. How old are your kiddos? Um, they are. Um, I had one who just turned 18, which is absolutely unbelievable. 18, 16, and then I have a 12 year old who is will be 13 very shortly. Wow. So you're in the teen years and like moving out of the house. Yes. I'm in the teen years, hundred percent. I have an eight, six and four year old. I'm not there quite yet. Yeah. No, not at all. It's and it goes, I'm sure everyone tells you, cause everyone told me it goes so fast. And then you're like, wait, where did it go? <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing that I'm now. Crazy. Like I told my four year old the other day not to grow up so fast. And he's just like, 
well, am I growing every day? I was like, yeah, you grow up every day, but slow down. Like don't rush. And then my eight-year-old is now starting to like go into his other room. He's asking to like watch YouTube. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened to my baby here? Now you're just like wanting to get on the internet and like not hang out with me anymore. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. It's fun. I think it gets better and better. Yeah. Personally. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with the little ones, it's tricky because you have so many emotions and you're still teaching them like how to like process through those. And then with teenagers, they're just, I heard that's just like more hormones, more angst, but they can do more adultish stuff with you, I guess. And so you don't have to be so like, be careful. Yeah. Possibly. Well, it becomes more like it's less, I feel like when they're younger, it's more like body and physical based. And as it's older, it's more emotional based. Oh, okay. But I, I feel like if we do our support. work as mamas, like, I don't know, it's just fun. It's like fun to be yeah. there for them. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Like you have a lot of hugs and like you get a lot of hugs and love when they're little and then Guess when they're okay, older, but like, that's a misnomer. I got a lot of hugs for my teens. Oh, good. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of. Hugs. I mean, I expect that. I tell my kids, I'm yeah. like, you're, you're never going to be too old to hug your mom. So <laughs> let's just get that straight right now. Yeah, keep it going. So what will happen is all of your cool friends, I will walk right up to you and give you a really big hug. So just might as well just offer it up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so in the midst of that, you are a coach and you also have a podcast, and so. Tell uh, the listeners how you help women uh, in their, in their day-to-day lives. Sure. So, um, well, first of all, (laughs) I didn't always do this. I I feel like I have to start there. So when my kids were like roughly actually a little bit younger than your kids. So, but when my kids were one, three and five, I just had this moment where I was like, WTF, like, how is it this hard? (laughs) I just couldn't figure it out. And at the time I've always been an entrepreneur, but at the time I owned a graphic design studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like in a whole different area of life. And um, I just remember this one day at three o'clock being like, how is it three? And like, I simultaneously was looking at the stacks of coffee on my desk. And I was like, how am I this freaking exhausted? And I've drank in this much coffee today. And like, how am I actually in business if I've gone and gotten seven cups of coffee and it's only three, like, and my mind was just like exploding mm-hmm. with like, there's gotta be a different way than this. Um, so that kind of was my introduction into the fact that like people even personally developed, I think, like, I, I don't know, like I was a design, like I was in this very like intellectualized, like design world. And in that moment, I just made this choice to get healthy, which opened, like, which somehow led me to like the world of health coaching and yoga and all these things. So that was kind of my, that's an important introduction. Cause this wasn't like how you've always been nature. Yeah. No, right. no, not at all. Right. Not at all. So then, um, so then I, so I started with food, um, and I, overhauled how I ate. And that had all these amazing benefits, um, including weight loss, but definitely like, I try not to leap that anymore. Cause I also ended seasonal allergies and, um, like I used to take antibiotics all the time. Like I haven't had an ear infection that needed antibiotics since like, I just had energy, like it just changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so then I started well, cause you know, this, here we are like on a podcast, but that this was 12 years ago. So it was before podcasting, but I had this instinct to want to interview people. And so I started interviewing all these like men who were healthy people. Like they were the, they were the, the faces like, of health at right, the time. Yes. And I was like, 
And I kept asking them questions about their kids and they'd be like, oh, my kids are grown and they like eat McDonald's and like they don't follow any of my stuff. And I just was like flabbergasted by the fact that you could be like the epitome of health and like your kids had no whatever. So that's led foundation. me to really study parenting. Mm-hmm. So I sort of went on this path from like health to parenting and I ended up writing a book. This is before I even became a coach just about um, meals and parenting and sort of putting together all the intel that I had gathered over the course of these two years while still running a design company. Mm -hmm. And at some point, like I just, you know, you pivoted and um, I ended up writing this book that became a bestseller, Plan Simple Meals. And I decided that I needed to go on a book tour for a year because I decided I live on the East Coast and I decided that people who were healthy lived farther West and that I should go on a book (laughs) tour on the West Coast. And so I literally put my three kids in the car and we went on a book tour for a year, took them out of school and we did this thing. And so long story of why I'm a coach and what I do now is that as I was talking to all these women across the country, um, I just kept expecting people to need to learn what kale was, which was my problem. But like everybody knew what kale was and everybody knew, like many people knew how to cook, but they literally like, I started like being like, well, show me your time, like show me your calendar. And they'd be like, well, I'm working till here. And then I have to go drive so-and-so here at this time. And then, and then I want to have dinner here, but like, there was literally no time to do it. And so that was sort of my little piece into like, oh, the issue is time more than food. So sometime right before that, I went and got trained as a coach and I sort of pivoted away from all food and really thinking about how we can make time for all the things that really matter for us, which we totally can. Absolutely. I mean, that's the number one thing I think I hear when I am coaching my health and wellness clients. It's like, it's not that they don't want to, it's just, they don't feel like they have time. And if they're not skilled or they haven't um, made the proper arrangements in their schedule, or maybe in the tools that they're using, healthy eating seems very daunting, like a lot of work when really it's just what you're buying and putting in your body and most like fruits and vegetables and things like that. You don't need prep for that. You could just eat it raw, but like, they just think for some reason, if they're not equipped with it, that eating healthy is a lot of work and like fast foods easier or yeah, you know, not do not eating at all. Yeah. One of my favorite stats is that someone did this study on um, dinner and, you know, I'm a big, obviously given the name of our company, a big proponent of planning for Mm -hmm. many things, but one of them being meals. And there, somebody did this study of a a couple hundred people over the course of a day and looking at how often they thought about what was for dinner. And it's like somewhere from a half hour to an hour, like a half hour was really generous, but most people thought about it a lot. Like, you know, like maybe they had an idea at 11, I'm going to make this. And then they start wondering whether they actually have the All salmon the stuff. in the fridge or the lettuce. And, you know, like, and then they're like, well, no, actually, maybe I'm craving this by three, you know, because they've had something different for lunch. And when you add that up over time, it's like three full weeks of a 40 hour work week. Like it's a lot of time that we wow. like just like you know, thinking about it, just thinking, not doing putting it. brain power towards something yeah. that doesn't need that much time. No, not at all. So like if we spent that half hour every day, like just doing it, cause we had decided to do that at some point, it would be, we would all be set. It's also sticking with the plan. Like I try to think about what we're going to do, like what we look at our schedule, we look at like what's happening during the week and 
what I have in the fridge and or what I need to get and what they could eat off for the rest of the week and then try to go and get that and plan like Sunday and then stick to the plan. Now, if yeah. something is made and then all of a sudden like time gets away or something happens and we have to pivot, great. But there's at least something that was planned and that, that can get shifted or it can move into the weekend or something like that or an extra lunch. And so thinking about it and then sticking to it yeah, instead of changing your mind every five minutes, like, like he just said, like I was thinking about it at 11 and then one o'clock I kind of thought that, but now I really yeah. want that. And then I'm just going to go get a hamburger from. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like two things. Well, so first of all, like from the angle of like parenting and like our kids actually wanting to eat things mm. that we might think they don't want, but actually they probably do want, which is to feel good and have fruits and vegetables. But like when we're so wishy-washy, we literally bring that to the table mm -hmm. and we are creating their pickiness by being wishy-washy. So the more like settled we are, even if we just decide 24 hours before that, like, this is what we're having for dinner. And we can like, just come with that embodied in us. <laughs> we, yeah. we show up differently and they'll take it. Like they'll eat it. Like that is literally the difference between, and some people aren't thinking of it. So like some people who don't have picky kids, like aren't thinking of it, but usually those people, it's just not a big deal to them. Mm -hmm. So they're just kind of like doing it. So the kids aren't picking up on any drama. So as we have drama, they, they, quietly pick up on it, even if we're not doing it on purpose or like that loudly. For sure. Like last night I made dinner. It was, I call it pasta soup. It's basically like pasta fizzle. And I didn't have, I make it differently each time. I always like toss it a protein. I didn't cook chicken. So I put some chicken sausage in there and said some, um, and so, cause it's the protein I had that I didn't have to cook extra. It was like yeah. whoop, already. And I make it. And so it looks different every time I make it. And so I'll always get one kid that's like, I don't want it. And then they'll eat it. And then they'll have two bowls. It's like, it's the same soup guys. Yeah. You like it. Like we eat this. It's good. It's but and you know, last night they actually picked out that I didn't have any carrots. I, I, for, I, I didn't have the carrots. So I still made them anyway. And my youngest was like, mommy, where are the carrots? And I'm like, oh, uh, well, we didn't have any. So I, but I thought I'd make it anyway. And he's just like, well, I want some carrots. I'm like, well, I didn't have any carrots because your brother took them out of the pantry or took them out of the fridge and kept them in their room for two days. And I found them under his bed. So we don't have carrots. <laughs> like, that's really why we don't have carrots. Not because I, I bought oh them God, for the it. intention to cook my soup with it. And then I find they're shredded carrots. Actually, I opened this drawer up and I'm like, oh my God, like, why is this bag of carrots in here? He's like, sorry, carrots, mom. Right? I'm like, how long have they been in here? Like probably two, three days. Like I can't use them now. And so I probably could have, but I was just like, so my youngest was like, where are the carrots, mom? And I look over at my eight-year-old and I'm like, I don't know, where are the carrots? And he's like, sorry, mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally knew okay, the reason why. Cause they pick out little things and they either can complain about it or really be like, happy about it. So we instill that. I like that. Yeah. 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 And you don't care. Like, I mean, you know that your soup is fine. So like, you're just chill about it. And then it's like, you know, they, they'll eat, they'll eat the two bowls after they get over that little, that little hurdle. Yeah. And then it's also, that's Love simply it. what's for dinner. I'm not making six dishes. Like, unless you have a food allergy or you just like cannot like stomach it, then like, that's what's for dinner. Yeah. I mean, I used to tell them that if you, whatever you don't eat for dinner is breakfast. So, yeah. And you'll just go to bed hungry. Like kitchen's closed. So, yeah. Cause and I so love that, how like an hour later, they're like, I'm hungry. I'm like, well, <laughs> your dinner's still sitting in that bowl and they go like to go get an apple. I'm like, mm, you got an apple after you finish your dinner. 
Yeah, I love that. And also, and so that's the kid piece. And then the mom piece is that many times moms are trying to eat healthier for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I find the cool thing about planning is that you can plan to plan when you're like happy and like coming from a good place. Mm -hmm. And when we're coming from a good place, we're like trying to feed our future selves instead of our like depressed self. Whereas like in the moment, if we've had a hard day or like our kids are home because of a pandemic or like whatever, and we're like frustrated and we're like more tempted to go grab unhealthy food, we will like who wouldn't. But if we have a plan and our mission is to stick to it and we do that at a time when we're like totally filled up, it just is makes the plan worth following through on. So that in that way, I think it helps moms in a very particular way too. Absolutely. And if you are someone that likes to eat unhealthy because it's a comfort thing, get some healthier options that are still sinful, I guess. Like there's some brownie bites you can buy. They're gluten-free. They taste like brownies. They're like in a bag. I mean, you could eat a whole bag in a sitting and they're <laughs> gluten, which just because it says gluten-free, by the way, doesn't mean it's healthy. Like also there's probably a lot of sugar in there. You have to look at the ingredients. Uh, but it's a healthier version, or if you're, it's at least along the lines of your, uh, dietary needs, if you are trying to go gluten-free. So trying to find options like that. So then you don't feel like you can still indulge or have your you yeah. know, depressed moment, but yeah. all you go to the fridge for is like, all I really wanted was some ice cream and all I have is carrots in here. Yeah, it definitely took me a few years, <laughs> but I did write about it in the book eventually. What, but my grandmother, so you asked me about cookies, but really like if I had just been asked about my grandmother, I would have mentioned her brownies or brownies. So she had cookies and brownies in the freezer. And so when I first, you know, decided that I wanted to revamp how I fed my body, um, like I definitely love chocolate. And that was one thing I was like, I've got to find good ways to have chocolate. So it's, you know, it took time to like retrain my brain to like, not want all the sugar, but today I make the most amazing chocolate smoothies and most amazing, like little, you know, bites that are mostly nuts and seeds and dates, but have cacao and they feel like brownies. <laughs> right. And you know, that's the thing about sugar too. If you're going to get really nitty gritty in nutrition is sugar is super addictive. Yeah. I mean, your brain craves it. And so cutting it out or using even like the like Splenda and the things that are like a hundred thousand times sweeter than sugar, then it's just, it's more, it's like cocaine. It's your body craves it. And so it's not healthy. It's terrible for your body. It has all sorts of causes, cancer, lots of different things, stress, weight gain, you know, jitters, all the things. So finding alternative ways to really still get the, the craving. Like I've been told that like, I think sparkling water will like if your body's craving alcohol, um, if you drink sparkling water, it actually like curbs it. Yeah. I love that. Especially if you do it in a fancy wine glass. I know. <laughs> Cause then it's like, well, I'm just drinking it in a fancy wine glass or in a tumbler or something. Yeah. But it does actually like help the craving of alcohol. So then you can cut that, that craving your brain is being, you know, rewarded for it and, and feels like it's good. And you're also helping fuel, fuel yeah. your body with something better. 
So you talked about time management and you talked about, which is what I help clients do with like efficiency and like trying to find ways to fit it in. And so how do you go about it? Do you talk about habit stacking? Do you talk like, do you uh, go, how do you really go about it? Or looking at their schedule and what fits for obviously for each individual person. Yeah. So, um, well, so a few things that I'll just like be really high level or as high level as I can. So one thing I find is that like, the time frames that we were given don't really work for a mother. So mm-hmm. like a year or a woman, uh, like a, a year is like kind of hard because we do so many different things in a year. Like we have times when the kids are in school and times when it's summertime and there's vacations. And so I find we often like just underestimate what we can get, what we, what we can get done, like what we're capable of, because we're scared that we can't get it done in a year. So I love actually going out farther and like imagining what life will be like five years from now, 10 years from now, when things like are obviously different with kids and pandemics and all the things. Um, so that's one thing. And then from there, like really zeroing in on a season. So mm-hmm. it's funny. Cause I was leading this workshop yesterday and I was like, just define what your seasons are. Like, they don't have to be the ones that we're like taught, like fall, winter, whatever, like define like these two months are like this. And someone was like, Oh my gosh, like my year is just five seasons. Like, you know, like, and so we, we have to get really honest about like what our year really looks like, because you can lean into different parts of your goals at different times. And we think like the way that we're like, brought up, I think to goal set, because it's so masculine is like every day is the same. Every 24 hours is the same. We can choose anything we want at any moment. And I, I just think that belittles how we work as women. Um, Mm -hmm. because when we have an idea and it's the right time to do it, like we can do it in record time. Oh yes. Um, Yeah. And when we're like fighting, like childcare and whatever, it makes it harder. And then there might be a different part to do it. So just getting really like conscious of where we are, like what season we're in with our kids in the actual year in our like hormones as we age, like is really helpful. I think in, in deciding what you're going to work on when, and then the last thing I'll share is that, um, so the, the process that we created, like one of the things I noticed was that women write so many freaking to-do lists, which I think is our natural tendency because we're super creative and like, right. Like writing all that down is a really good practice because it's getting it out of our head and onto paper. And, um, but I think sometimes we stop writing to-do lists because we're, we're, we get like, we start keeping more in our head because we're so panicky by all the, the how long the list is. <laughs> oh yeah. It's usually really long. Cause it's also a visual reminder of how much yeah, stuff that of, you of, like, how much done. stuff we have to do. Yeah. Um, and so like, I don't know, we just have this weird relationship with it. So I just think it's really important to, and then on the flip side of the to-do list, like when we're in like corporate America and we're like in our school and more masculine settings, like it's all based on the calendar. And, and so it like, and the, the two, school year. Yeah. And the school don't, the two don't really like meld together. So I think the magic is like, you do what we call brain dumps or make, you know, lists and then each week you are like, okay, this is the piece of the list that I'm going to tackle today. And then you stop looking at the rest of it or this week. Like this is the part of the list I'm going to tackle this week. You stop looking at the rest. You put it in a drawer, you put it away and you actually find the time to do it. Cause I think so often we're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And like, there's just like, we haven't made the time for it. And so as we start to like flip flop between those two paradigms, I just think we, we make space for what matters. Um, and always, always, always start with, you know, 
the things that are really going to move you into the future self you want. And, um, instead of, you know, the kid's schedule and your work schedule. And like, you know, so if we just can get three things in our calendar every week that are like non-negotiables. Yeah. And just like really nurturing for you, which can be like, you're writing a book, but it can be that you're taking a bath, like whatever it is in that moment. Right. Like (laughs) taking um, five minute walks, like just taking a breather, doing whatever it is that you need. Yeah. And that has to go in first. For sure. Cause if you're not good, they're not good. And then everyone is, you know, then you're being more reactive than proactive. And, you know, I hate being reactive because then I end up losing my, you know, what on the kids and it's really nothing that they did. It's just the situation. Right. And so what you did you used to do in carpool lane line? That was my favorite. Uh, I filled laundry. laundry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I filled laundry in my car. I still do it. I, I did it a couple of weeks ago. I had to go get them and I brought it and I was folding it. And uh, I was also at an appointment with my kids the other, um, two weeks ago and because of COVID, I can't go in. And so when my son went in, I was folding laundry during the hour I was sitting in the car. Cause I was like, well, why not? I sit here and do yeah. like, what am I gonna do? Scroll, scroll social. Like, what else right. am I gonna do? No, I love it. So yeah, I, I fold laundry in there. <laughs> so good. I mean, you have to find creative ways to get things done. Like I hate laundry. Yeah. I despise it. I do. I, I hate it. It's just that one thing. Like some people it's like, I hate cleaning or sweeping or I, I don't like laundry. And it's not even the process of doing the laundry. It's putting it away. I'll fold it. It's very cathartic for me, but putting it away. Like, I don't know. It's not my thing. That's and something to look forward to. My teenagers won't let me put away their clothes. Really? Yeah. They have to do it. They put it away. So like, and they're like, especially my two girls are very, they hold on to that really strong. Yeah. So oh, interesting. You might not have to put it away forever. <laughs> Thank, yeah. I mean, with my kids, they're like, can I help you fold? And then I'm just cringing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to refold all of that. It's just, I hate laundry. It's going to take me an extra hour, but I mean, it's also good. It's fun, but it's just like, that's my OCD kicking in, but yeah, laundry folding in my car. I did joke around one time. I was going to like meal prep, like, like chop onion and stuff while I waited, but, uh, someone actually did approach me on social and said, well, there is someone that I see every day on the subway that she actually does like chop her stuff on her subway. And I'm like, I don't know about the subway. Like my car is clean and I can like control the germs. I don't know how I feel about public transportation, but you do what you gotta do. Right. There was a woman at our school who like the kids all, when they were little used to go play out out behind the school and the play structures or whatever. And she always brought garlic. So like she always had all this garlic and she would just spend her time peeling it while she was outside and putting it into a bag. It's amazing. I always, if, Hey, if you're just sitting and watching, you have stuff that you need to do. It's a stationary task, I love it. but that's how you, not everyone's brain works like that. Right. And so yeah. getting creative and having someone like you or me like sit there and I am literally sitting at my desk watching this dad chase this his son on a bike down this hill. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for you listeners, this is real life. <laughs> that just gave me a horrifying experience as a mom. He's literally sprinting. <laughs> I live on a very steep hill. My daughter oh, took my a God. huge bund on it. So, um, but for, if you were to hire like you or me, it's finding ways to be creative to find like, Hey, why don't you bring your laundry to your car or go to gymnastics and bring your laundry and have like a folding party with the moms. You can maybe trade clothes or have some fun times. I know it sounds silly, but if you have mom duties, they don't stop like things like, yeah, laundry will be done. Like 
they always say like, be present in the moment and that can wait. Well, yes, but if you can do both and still be present, why not? Because you're just then pushing more and more on your to-do list and maybe possibly stressing you out more. Being present with the laundry. Right. I don't know. Who else are you going to be present with when you're in carpal line? You're alone. <laughs> yeah, right? Just being present. Just being present. <laughs> so where can um, our listener, my listeners follow you and find you? And if they are interested in, um, I know that you offer a year-long program that you open periodically through the year. And so if anyone wanted to uh, find you or your podcast, where can we where can we yeah, go? I think the best place is our website, which is plansimple.com. And from there you can get to the podcast. Also, obviously you can find plan simple on any podcast platform that you mm-hmm. listen on. And hopefully we'll have Heather on soon. So you can hear her there and I can ask her a bunch of questions. Oh yeah. You uh, can ask me anything. <laughs> that's the best place to get into it. And we, we do a lot of interviews. Um, and then we mix it in with just some more, um, teaching podcasts so you can get both there. I mean, I think you can find your book there and we can also schedule calls with you as well. Yes. All the things. Perfect. I appreciate you being on the show. Finally, it took us a while to get you here, but you were here and I hope everyone enjoyed it. And, uh, I look forward to joining you on yours sometime. Yeah. You can give me all the heated questions (laughs) and stay warm. It's winter time during the time of this, this episode. And, uh, where are you at? Where, where are you in Boston? You're in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm think actually, yeah, I'm from like, New Orleans, so it's oh. not like normal. Like this is, I've been here for a long time, but I think I still have like a little bit of Southern blood, like so I'm a little blood. bit of a baby when it's icy outside and it's four degrees there right now. It is four degrees. Yeah. No, no thanks. It's like 45 <laughs> here, which I thought was cold, but <laughs> warm for you. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mia, for being here. Thank and you. Thank you listeners for listening and go check out Mia at her website. All the links will be in the show notes and we'll catch you on another podcast episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with follow the crumbs, to the Facebook group, or visit the chaos and cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.